Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey! This is the Rich Eisen Show. Quarterback competition. When we know, we will know. Baker's going to get the leg up, bro. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Well, Matt Rule is your betting favorite for first coach fired. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Is there such, such a thing? Oh, yeah. The Rich Eisen Show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's absurd. You have them stunned, Chris. Today's guests, ESPN senior writer Brian Winthorst, SEC commissioner Greg Sankey, plus Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. And now... It's Rich Eisen. That is true. Can confirm, and there I am. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, right here on NBC Sports on Peacock, future home of some Big Ten football that was announced today. We'll get to that on this program. And also NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM Channel 85 Odyssey app, the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, coast to coast. We say hello to you, our podcast listeners. We're, uh, we're all over the map right here on the Rich Eisen Show, and we are thrilled whenever you can join us here on the program. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Christopher Brockman, how are you over there, sir? I'm great, Rich. What's up, man? Mike Del Tufo, are you here for all three hours today? All three hours, but it's a one-day residency, and then... Okay, very good. But I'm here all day. Good to see you over I there, TJ confirm. Jefferson. Like that candle. It's getting lit, man. Light the candle. How are I'm you, so, sir? Good I'm great. Kenny Omega came back last night to AEW, so I was right. Okay. Oh, Kenny Omega. How about them apples? Okay, I had no <laughs> idea. The alpha. I had no idea. I was busy uh, following baseball again last night. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. ba- you're back. Oh, you're back. We'll talk about him. We'll this talk about him. We'll talk about him. We have a lot going on. He was out last night, right? We have a lot going on. A lot going Hell going on. Lots going on. Uh, in this world, um, we've got um, we've got uh, a lot of breaking news that we're expecting. It appears the Deshaun Watson suspension uh, is going to be either expanded or settled. Apparently, there's a report out there right now that a settlement is happening, um, and that. There's going to be, according to which reports are you got out there, Christopher? Uh, this has come down from Adam Schefter a couple minutes ago. Uh, they have reached a settlement, 11-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. Settlement includes a fine of $5 million that will go to charity. Deal not signed, but it is agreed to. Okay, so they're doing the old long-form contract. 11 games. We'll uh, wait to get uh, whatever confirmation there is before I will uh, comment on it. He's slated to return week 13 against the Texans, the Houston Texans. Yeah, okay. So um, let's, uh, let's see what that's all about. Um, apparently they are reaching a settlement and uh, we're going to, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold 
Not that I don't trust Adam Schefter. Usually his word is is lock solid. Ian Rapport has it as well. Okay, there we have it. Then let's get into it. Eleven game suspension for Deshaun Watson. So he will not be suspended for the full year. He will get a five million dollar fine for reprehensible behavior. And I know anytime I have spoken about this from here, I have heard it. You're an NFL stooge. You don't talk about NFL owners with the same gusto. NFL owners need to be held to account in a better fashion by my bosses. That's a fact. They need to hold themselves to better account when they run afoul. But last I checked, nobody did what Deshaun Watson has done. Sliding into DMs, 66 different masseuses. Behavior that the person who initially handed down a six-game suspension to called some of the most egregious behavior the NFL has ever had to discipline. And all I will say is this. I hope the guy seeks counseling. I hope he uses this 11-game suspension to find a better place for himself and deal with his clear issues that led to his behavior in Houston. Led to his behavior in Houston that caused his former team to settle a bunch of lawsuits that hadn't even been filed against him yet. And that when he comes back week 13, interestingly enough, in Houston, and as one thing that I will be keen to see is if there is a requirement for this counseling for him to seek in order for him to get reinstated after an 11-game suspension. This takes gives me no pleasure to say this. Because, man, did I just love this kid coming out of the draft and his first few years in Houston and the way that he comported himself otherwise in the community and outwardly is dream come true stuff, face of franchise type stuff that caused this behavior when it first came out to be so shocking, I didn't believe it. I thought, here comes some lawyer down in Houston using his Instagram account To get our attention on this matter? Bunch of people coming out of the woodwork accusing Deshaun Watson of this behavior that I do not believe caused me to think that this was something that was happening to take advantage of Deshaun Watson and who he is in his community. That was my first reaction. Then I started reading. Then I started hearing. Then I started researching. Then I started listening. And a lot of folks in Cleveland who are all in on Deshaun Watson, and I understand because the Browns have never had somebody this talented at quarterback, with all due respect to Baker Mayfield and everyone else who's played there before. And I don't blame Browns fans for being excited or having somebody this talented at the quarterback position to get you excited. But you got to read what this guy did. And I've got to hear some serious contrition, not... Uh, that that he apologizes for those he impacted. (laughs) 
some serious contrition, and I hope he gets the counseling because that sort of behavior you wouldn't accept from anyone in your family. You wouldn't accept that from anybody if you run a business from anybody that you've hired. You wouldn't want to accept that from anybody who you love. You wouldn't accept it. It's unacceptable behavior in the NFL, you know, didn't double his suspension, which is what I thought they would do, but 11 games is 11 games, and it's 12 weeks with a bye week. And and uh, part of the reason why I'm assuming they did this is because the new disciplinary function of the NFL, they want it to look and feel legitimate in the eyes of the fans and the Players Association, and I know there will be some people that think that Watson should never play again. But the bottom line is the NFL is not the place that you look for for criminal adjudication. That's the court system. So if you're upset that Deshaun Watson still has a career, go look at the people who didn't charge him criminally. So based on everything that's in front of the NFL, 11 games is a significant suspension. It definitely, if it matters to you in the football sense, absolutely puts a crimp in the Browns' Super Bowl hopes this year for any team and fans that think that they have them. Jacoby Brissett for 11 games is going to be the guy, unless they want to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's the football sense of it. And the reality of it is the NFL had a player who wasn't criminally charged, and they have a player in a justice system that they have set up, a discipline system that they have set up, that they want to have legitimate. And I imagine the Players Association does as well. And so week 13 in Houston, of all places, that's a 1 o'clock Eastern game, noon Central. I imagine it will be pegged there. They're not going to have a national television audience discuss the behavior of a player whose behavior is reprehensible and vile has been. And I hope, like I said, he seeks the counseling he needs because if you read what he has done, if you read the depositions, if you read the story in the New York times, if you've read Sue L Robinson's decision in suspending him for six games and why she, she did, then you will understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. So I hope when he returns in week 13, he is a better person and that he can look at a camera now that the discipline is done. And I'm assuming the one civil case that remains will be settled by then. And everything else is in his rearview mirror in terms of his legal exposure that he can look at a camera and deliver a remorseful introspective and believable apology to all the fans who need to hear it in order to consider rooting for the Browns again. And I know a lot of Browns fans, I met them in Ohio just a few weeks ago who are very upset about this situation and don't understand the Browns fans who in the middle of all this are begging for his autograph. There are some people who need to hear something from Deshaun Watson And I imagine he will deliver it, hopefully, after he comes back from a serious 11. Like, I don't want to see him 
using this time other than to get the help that it's apparent he needs. So I've spent as many minutes to start this show as games he's been suspended. What do you think? 844-204-RICH being the number to dial on the program. So there's that. There's that. Other news that's out there. LeBron James has signed a two-year contract extension worth $97 million. Ooh, baby. And a 15% trade kicker. All right. Meaning that uh, he's, he's going to be the highest earning player in NBA history. Over a half a billion dollars in guaranteed money in his career. And uh, he's not eligible for a no-trade clause because he agreed on an extension, not a new deal, thus the trade kicker. He isn't one out of here. The question is, is why did he do this? Why did he do this? And I think the reason why he did this, because there's a lot of people like, how is he going to win a championship here? With Anthony Davis and a new head coach and Russell Westbrook and his $47 million contract and with an agent that he's parted ways with because the agent thought he should get out. I mean, the agent actually the agent thought he should stay. He wants to get out, I guess. Agent thought he should do he should know. stay and and heard and and, and and not be traded to a team where he'll just be some sort of salary cap um easing acquisition, you know, just trying to clear clear your books for the next year and he'll be on some team that has no shot to win the playoffs as opposed to buying into what Darvin Ham is saying and he fired his agent over that and it was just really weird stuff and it doesn't look certainly when you've got the Warriors in the division and the Suns in your division and the Memphis Grizzlies looking as they have and that's just three teams off the top of my head and the Nuggets are going to get healthier and the Mavericks always appear despite losing Brunson to have enough with Doncic around to maybe get past a Lakers team as it's currently constituted in the playoffs why would he do it and I'm thinking this, and this is something I want to ask Brian Winhorst when he joins us in just seven minutes' time, is maybe, just maybe, LeBron likes living here? <laughs> yeah, like we all do. I mean, maybe he <laughs> likes living here. Cue the Joe Rogan, I understand. I like sunshine. <laughs> maybe he likes living here. His family likes living here. Bronny's going through what he's going through, getting trolled on by Skip Bayless for dunking <laughs> with his right hand. And, you know, and... And, and Bryce, and, Rich. And so, Don't forget about Bryce and, and is he, coming, Rich. Right. And, and, and LeBron likes being around for their games, right? And everybody just likes living here. And you can get paid $97 million for staying in Los Angeles where your family likes, right? Having a chance, I mean, you can't sit here and say the Lakers have no chance. The Lakers. You cannot sit here and say those words. You remember when Magic did his I'm not going to be here thing and there was a dumpster fire and he was going after Rob Palenka on first take and everyone thought this is a disaster. LeBron arrived a couple months later. And then they won the championship in the bubble. Honestly, they went from a total dumpster fire. This thing is totally a disarray. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. LeBron arrived in that situation. 
And so you can't sit here and say they have no chance and get $97 million to, oh, by the way, break the all-time scoring record in a Lakers uniform, passing Kareem in a Laker uniform, which is what the Lakers love to do. Mm-hmm. That's major. And uh, honestly, and and so the issue with that scenario is it supposes that winning it all isn't LeBron's ultimate goal anymore. And the answer to that is it's still the Lakers. It's Anthony Davis and Darvin Ham may be cooking up something special that everyone is buying into. Right? Austin Reeves yeah. could finish. That's right. You know, I mean, see, I'm just one never knows. So that's my opinion on that. Also, the NCAA may be out of college football because the school presidents that talk about this sort of stuff got together and started saying, maybe we start running things out of the college football playoffs for college football. And the Big Ten just announced a ridiculously lucrative new media deal with partners staying with Fox and FS1 adding CBS and NBC Sports to the equation where they're going to have windows in every single spot of your Saturday, early games, late afternoon games, evening games. Why not? They're in every single time zone. And um, it's $7 billion. Pay that man his money. And they don't have to pay players. And so I wonder... What Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, thinks about all of this, and guess who's on our show today in hour two? That gent. Greg Sankey. And Kyle Whittingham, the uh, head coach of Utah football, will be here on this program as well. He's still he's, he's hanging in the, what, in the, in the pack eight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're soon to be pack eight. So... Um, Man, there's lots going on today. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on this program. Let's take a break so we'll hear what Brian Windhorst has to say on all these subjects in the NBA, including LeBron's extension. Love hearing what he's got to say, and that will happen coming up next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. So much going on in the world of the NBA, so that means we have to call up our favorite from the worldwide leader in sports. He's got a uh, terrific podcast called Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective. Everyone knows it's windy on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Back again is Brian Windhorst. How are you doing, Brian? Hi, Rich. How's it going? Well, we're here in, uh, just down the street from, from Lakers headquarters in El Segundo, California. I could. I guess I heard a little whooping and hollering when I left and got on the 105 freeway yesterday. Is uh, it was the LeBron contract, maybe the yeah. Imperial Freeway for those for those scoring at home. LA. Yes, indeed, that's correct. The it's in the King, right by the Imperial Freeway. Can make heads or tails about what this contract means that LeBron James signed with the Lakers. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this is a little bit simplistic. I agree, but he he's given kind of a gift to the Lakers here. Um, he didn't have to sign this now. He, he was eligible to sign this up until June 30th, 2023. He could have signed it at any time in there. And, you know, there was some um, – we were waiting to see whether LeBron would use this contract uncertainty as any kind of leverage against the Lakers. Um, because, you know, last spring, or I guess it was the winter – when the Lakers didn't make a move at the trade deadline, didn't use um, draft picks to the, in the future to sort of upgrade that team, LeBron was clearly miffed about it. And here they are into the summer, and they've got some draft picks that they haven't traded along with Russell Westbrook, at least not yet. And so the question was, would LeBron hold on to that piece of paper and wait to see if he could do that? And he elected not to. And so, naturally, the first thing I did was check on this. Why does he do this now? He doesn't need the money. Um, he doesn't, you know, need the stability. He does want to be a Laker, but there was no danger of him not being a Laker, I don't think. And so the answer was he just he trusts the Lakers. He trusts them that they, despite having this in their pocket, that they will continue to, to push to try to build or rebuild a championship team around him. Now, you can take – aim at that you can say that that might be a mistake but he has trusted the lakers all along rich after when he was in cleveland he signed three contracts in four years he always kept the Cavs on a short leash since he's been to la he's always signed the maximum distance contract he could at the time so um he wants to be a laker and he trusts them whether or not that ends up being prudent we'll have to wait and see so what tea leaves can you read that you think maybe has given LeBron more of a smart bet here to sign this. What's maybe going on behind the scenes to give LeBron that confidence in the Lakers that you think he has? What do you got for me on that? Well, I think he's betting on the people still wanting to play for the Lakers. And that was one of the things that happened way back in 2018 when he came to L.A. They didn't really have much on the roster at the time. He basically was saying, I believe people will want to come play in L.A. with me. And he ended up being right. Within a year, Anthony Davis forced his way there, and it was the basis of them winning a championship. So some of this is just a wager on the Laker brand. Um, I don't know what Jeannie Buss 
and Rob Palinka promised him or if they even told him anything about the draft picks that they have because they've got these two first-round picks that they can trade, 27 and 29. If I were LeBron, I would have asked, are you going to trade those picks in this next year? I don't know whether that was asked. But when they had the meeting about this extension, which they had um, the first week of August, whatever LeBron heard, he liked it. And I think made the decision then he was going to work out a contract. I do think it's worth pointing out that he did leave, you know, this is, you know, being called a two-year contract. It's really only a one-year contract, Rich, because he, he has a player option on that that last year and the reason that that's relevant is that's when under the current rules his son Bronny would be eligible to join the NBA now I have no idea whether or not he's going to be ready to join the NBA in two years I have no idea whether LeBron is going to follow through with his request to you know his, his desire to play with his son and whether he'd actually leave to go to another team to do that but I think it's worth pointing out that he did he did leave that window open with the way he structured this contract. So that leads to my next question that may come across Brian Windhorst is sounding disrespectful to LeBron. Is it possible? So now that I've had that caveat, I could say anything I want, I guess, but is it, <laughs> is it possible that he just loves living out here? That his yeah. family loves living out here? Yeah. That he, that, that whatever's going on with the Lakers is good enough that, yeah, that he might not win it all, but his brand is still as top notch A plus Sterling as it possibly can be. He likes playing for the Lakers. He likes some of the buzz. If they win, they win. If they don't, he's still coming out on top and, and Bronny's right around the corner. Could that be possible? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think this is a harsh way of putting it. Uh, and if he was on this call with us right now, he would probably push back yeah. on this really hard. And he may even be able to have some good points on it. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure that winning it all is absolutely the number one thing for him right now. I think being happy with his life is up there. And certainly, again, you know, wagering on the Lakers, being able to attract talent, it's not a bad bet. And he's already cashed in on it. So it's not irrational. But, you know, Signing this now um, is not the most efficient way of, you know, you know, being on a championship contender. And so, you know, the Lakers aren't there yet. Maybe in six months we'll look back at this and say, boy, he knew. He knew that this was going to happen and they were going to execute this certain trade and, you know, he'll look good. But you could make the case that he is not maximizing his chance to win a championship by signing this contract now. And I don't have a problem with it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, his legacy is long since set in stone. And, you know, he's going to, in the near future, become the all-time scoring leader. And he's going to do that in the Laker uniform. And no matter what anybody thinks, that's going to happen. And he doesn't owe anybody anything. Now, he lives in a world where he's constantly compared to players who have more championships and, you know, people start counting on their fingers and counting the rings. And that's just going to be the reality. But the, but his life, he doesn't think he owes anybody anything, doesn't have to prove anything. And I think that had some effect on his decision to sign right now. And is it possible that he's going to be the last one to wear number six and that might be something that's a new thing for him to 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 think about. I mean, I don't know how many people are wearing number six right now. Now that that the, the league rightfully is hanging it up uh, in the memory of Bill Russell, and they announced that. I mean, that's got to mean. Some, I mean, as long as we're talking about legacy plays, play as long as you want in a spot where you love playing. 
maybe you play with your son here, right? And and you're the last one. Bill Russell wore six. He's the last one to wear number six. I mean, that's got to mean something to the guy. The whole thing. Yeah, there's. I think there's 22 or so guys who wear number six. I don't know how many of them are going to switch or whatever. Right. In theory, they're all allowed to wear it out. They're grandfathered in. Um, but I remember, I, I think it was when LeBron met Bill Russell. I, I was there, and I remember talking to Bill Russell about LeBron. And, um, you know, I didn't know Bill Russell. He was way before my time. I didn't get to cover him or anything like that. It was the only time I ever talked to Bill Russell. But I remember the day that they met, and I remember Bill, um, you know, talking about how LeBron was 18 at the time. And I can remember Bill, Bill had this, you know, and I remember this, this laugh, this very loud, resounding laugh. But anyway, I remember him saying, uh, I was pretty good at 18, but I was not as good as this kid. And he couldn't believe how LeBron was able to handle everything. And so, you know, when he, he switched to six, not necessarily because of Bill Russell, but because of his experience with the Olympics, which was the first, you know, in, in the Olympics back then, you could only pick numbers one through 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had, or maybe one through 12, actually. So you had to pick one through 12. And um, Kobe was able to pick eight because his, you know, that was part of the reason with, uh, you know, he, was able, he didn't have to switch his number. So LeBron picked six. Um, and is also partially an ode to Julius Irving, who wore six two. But obviously, there's now going to be a connection between the two of them because of wearing number six. And I think LeBron would love to do something that could get number six elevated to the rafters in L.A. I don't know if he's got enough time to do that. Mm. Um, but uh, he, he's going to have his, his he's going to have his number retired with two other franchises. Um, the, the number does mean something to him. LeBron James uh, signing that contract and Brian Windhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show to talk about it. So um, moments ago, you mentioned uh, in in relation to LeBron signing his contract, his two-year contract extension, that maybe he asked about those first-round draft choices in 2027 and 2029 that the Lakers can trade. Uh, Do they have to trade both to get rid of Russell Westbrook? Or can they send just one for him and then keep the other for another player that they could get to win a championship with LeBron right now? What's the strategy if the Lakers are willing to cough those up? Yeah, it depends, obviously, on the deal. I mean, really, Russell Westbrook, you know, in theory, Rich, they're going to bring Russ into camp and they're going to try a new – a new strategy with him in a new role. And in theory, that could work. I don't believe it will work because I don't believe Russ is equipped to do what Darvin Ham is going to ask him to do. I've seen stranger things, so I'm not going to completely rule that out. But if you look at Russ as a trade piece, he is at the end of the day um, a $47 million expiring contract. And so one of the things that the Lakers could do is they could – they could make a deal with a team that's just looking to get off of salary, looking to, to shed salary, and maybe willing to give up uh, two or three decent players. Now, you may say, well, what team is that? Well, those teams may not 100% be clear yet. We may have to see how the season unfold. You know, for example, 
you know, people pay attention to Donovan Mitchell in uh, in Utah. Mm-hmm. Well, if he gets traded at some point, maybe it's before the season, maybe it's in November. Um, they still have other players on that roster that they may then want to trade and, and, and get salary cap space. Maybe the Lakers can be involved in that. Maybe there's another deal. They've talked to Indiana about clearing their books off. Now, would a trade to acquire, you know, a guy like uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich or Buddy Heald, is that going to be a type of deal that you would throw multiple picks in that would change the Lakers' whole outlook? Not necessarily. I think what you're talking about is the Brooklyn Nets deal. Would they be willing to, to trade the two first-round picks plus Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving? And maybe even potentially, uh, because Kyrie makes so much less, takes the more money back in that trade, um, maybe you get a player like Joe Harris or Seth Curry. Would that type of trade be worth setting two second-round picks? I would say maybe that it would be, because you get Kyrie Irving. You That is a a change in, ele- in uh, that would elevate your status and, and maybe give you a championship contending team that you're looking for. The question is, Brooklyn's got to want to do that deal. Uh, Utah or Indiana's got to want to do that deal. I'm not sure Brooklyn is in the mood right now to trade anybody. Um, you know, they're obviously are taking calls on Kevin Durant, but the, the way that they're conducting the calls and what they're asking for for Durant, it's not – leading teams to believe that they're seriously interested in trading anybody. Maybe that'll change. We know that it's going to be fluid. So when LeBron signed his contract in 2018, he was doing so thinking that it was going to work out for the Lakers. He ended up being right in the short term about that. He signed this contract thinking it's all going to end up working out for the Lakers. And I will say, if you look at the history of their team, most of the time it does. Um, although these last couple of years it hasn't gone so good. All right, last one for you, Brian Winhorse. You just touched on two very uh, fluid, as you pointed out, situations in the NBA right now with Donovan Mitchell and Utah and the Knicks. And then, of course, what's going on with the Nets. Let's take them one at a time. What is the latest on the Nets? What is going on in Brooklyn? Best you can tell me. Right yeah, now. I, I just, Rich, I just don't think they want to trade Durant right now. I, I the, what they're asking for from these teams, um, it's it's it, it's not, you know, the basis. You know, if I knock on your door and say I'd like to buy your house, okay, uh, <laughs> I will sell it to you for thirty-seven million dollars. Uh, you don't really want to sell your house, right? I mean, I guess if I said, oh, I mean, I haven't been to your house, maybe it's worth thirty-seven million. <laughs> Salute, um, <laughs> but you know. When you ask something like that, you're not asking. You're not actually interested in selling. So these teams are kind of like, well, you're not interested in really negotiating, Brooklyn. So what are we doing here? You know, call us back when you're interested in negotiating. And so I think teams will stay in touch. And and so what it really comes down to is Durant. You know, where is Durant uh, when it comes to training camp? Is he would he consider not reporting? Um, he is asked to be traded he has not been traded. He has asked for the coach to be fired if they want to keep him. He has asked for the general manager to be fired if they want to keep him. They have not fired those guys, and it sounds like they're not going to fire those guys. So now do you do you just take those losses, just accept those no's and say, okay, well, they, I asked for something, they said no. I'll show up on the first day of school. I hope everybody's summer was good. Is that what he does? I mean, he could. Um is there some negotiation that they can have between now and then, not between other teams and on a trade, but between Durant and the owner on something that could make Durant comfortable getting to a place where he could come back? I mean, maybe, yeah, I could see that. But, you know, my question is, like, the Nets think they've got a good team, Rich. They think 
Ben Simmons is going to be healthy and is really going to help them. They think that they're going to have Joe Harris and Seth Curry. Those, those guys never played a second together. Those are two of the best three-point shooters in the league. They've got ideas about how they're going to play Ben Simmons maybe at center with four incredible shooters around him. Uh, they went out and traded for Royce uh, O'Neal in the offseason, one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. They like think their team's going to be good. They want to give it a chance. <laughs> and that's what they're. That's the that's the position that they're taking right now. They're not taking a position of wanting to rip this team apart. So we'll see how Durant, you know, wants to to to, to dig in. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, but that's on paper. You don't play the games on paper, right? You've got Durant saying, "I want out," and if I'm staying in, I want the coach and general manager out. And who knows what he feels about Kyrie and vice versa, and him being there. And Ben Simmons, did he really leave a, a chat, a text chain with, team, with when the players are like, hey, can you help keep our season alive? And, and then he exits the chat? Like, how, if that's the case, how in the world can you put it all back to you? Leave that to Steve Nash when the one of the best players on planet Earth in the history of this planet is saying, I want him out? How can you put Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty is broken. Right. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know about any of that, but I know that Kyrie Simmons and Durant have not played together. I know that Curry and and um, Joe Harris have not played together. If you're going to make the case that you think it could be very hard to stitch this together and make it work, I would agree with that. I think the Nets want to try. Whether or not Durant is willing to go along with that, we'll see. Because right now, I just don't think they're in the the, the zone to trade him, and so I, I think we're. And when the, and the the backdrop to all of this is if Durant doesn't – I don't know what he's going to do. I want to be clear. I don't know where his head is, is at on this. But if he elects to not come to camp, this is, that is going to be going on at the same time that the NBA collective bargaining agreement negotiations are going on. They're going on this fall. They have a deadline in December where either side can opt out of the CBA. Their goal is to negotiate a new one before that deadline. I believe it's in mid-December. So <laughs> that could be an interesting little situation. Also, you're going to have, if Durant doesn't come, you're going to have Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons having to sit there and answer questions about it. Ben Simmons no. sat out last year <laughs> of training camp, and Kyrie Irving um, didn't wasn't around last year either, and you're going to have a repeat of the next uh, drama, uh, the you know, in a different form. It's going to be fascinating. But if they can get them all on the court, I do think it's worth looking at. Um, mm. But I, I I can't. It's very difficult for me to predict how it's going to go. I would just say right now, um, the more interesting negotiation that's happening is between Durant and the Nets, as opposed to the Nets and the other teams who have interest in trading for him. Okay, so then uh, before I let you go, let's hit on the uh, the, the Donovan Mitchell Knicks scenario. And uh, I do believe while you give your answer, we will put up the screen grab of your true detective type moment when you talked <laughs> about the Jazz a few weeks ago on uh, on your network. Go for it, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I think that I was pretty sure then that the Jazz were going to trade Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and I still stand by that. And I also think they're going to. I don't know if they'll be able to execute it, but I would suspect you would also see Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley traded at some point in the next six months. And so they're going to go ahead and tear that all down. Um, the thing about it is uh, the price tag on Donovan Mitchell is so high, there's only a couple of teams that can really get into the bidding, and uh, the Knicks lead it. They they have the, the currency. You know, there's some other teams that have it too, but I don't know if there's an alignment with where it would make sense for Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, For example, Donovan Mitchell, I think, would love to play in Miami. I think the Heat would love to have him. Mm. They don't have 
the dowry that the Knicks do. So really, while I while I wouldn't ever rule out you know something unexpected, an unexpected team to get into it, um, I think really this is all a big giant negotiation. How much can the Jazz extract from the Knicks for Donovan Mitchell? And if this gets into the season, what I here's what I'm going to find interesting. What if the Knicks get off to a slow start? Um, and, you know, even with their big expenditure on Jalen Brunson, what if, you know, they're in, you know, ninth place or 12th place, you know, three weeks into the season? Does that change what they're willing to pay? What happens if Donovan Mitchell is awesome? I just was looking at highlights from him competing in a pro league in Miami last night. He looked great. What if he comes out? Uh, and is averaging 35 points, and the Jazz want to tank, and he's winning them games. You know, what if the Jazz are like, we got to get this guy out of here before we win games, <laughs> and we can't, we can't get Victor Wembayama. One of the one of the games I have circled on my schedule, November 15th. Okay, so we're, that's about a month into the season. Um, Knicks at Jazz on TNT. You can't say the folks at TNT weren't paying attention to this. Uh, what happens if in that game, you know, Donovan Mitchell scores 48 points in front of all of the all of the country and all the Knicks fans, which mm-hmm. he could easily do. Um, there's a lot of variables that are going to, tri- you know, potentially could happen early in the season. But we all get back to where we started. How much can the Jazz get out of the Knicks? Uh, a team that can trade up to eight first-round picks and has a, has a number of young players. Wow. That, to me, is is definitely worth watching. Brian Winhorst, you, sir, are the man. And we did, in fact, have the photograph of you pointing to the sky up for most of that soliloquy <laughs> and delivery. You can uh, check your <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, Ven- I'll Venmo your number, sir, uh, and look for my call in the future. Thanks again, Brian Winhorst. You are the best. Truly appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Right back at you. At Winhorst ESPN, I follow him. A must-follow Brian Winhorst here on the program. All right, we'll take a break. During that conversation, I could see out of the corner of my eye that Deshaun Watson just did, in fact, speak to the media. And right now, uh, the general manager uh, of the Cleveland Browns, um, the executive vice president of football operations and GM, Andrew Berry, is talking uh, flanked by the Haslams. D and uh, Jimmy Haslam the owner of the Browns. So we'll get all of that, if you will, sound and sound bites turned around. But more importantly, we'll take this break and be back with you at 844-204-RICH. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. So the owners of the Browns and the general manager of the Browns are uh, talking to the media right now. And um, 
The body language doesn't look very good. I'll be very honest with you uh, right <laughs> is it now. More, is it better or worse than the uh, a press conference that looked like a funeral? Body language looks dreadful right now. We'll wait. We'll wait to hear what they got to say. We'll wait to hear what they got to say. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial here on the program. <sighs> so uh, last night, Started following baseball again. What oh, a great feeling. Man, you know, bad. and I picked up the sport. I picked up the sport what, in the tenth, bottom of the 10th yeah, inning last go. night. 10th inning? <laughs> Yankee Stadium. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> well, Susie and the kids returned, so the house is full again for the first time since la- oh, late June. Wow. Ooh, late June, yeah. Back. So, you know, there was, you know there's cool lots house. going on. I needed to catch up on Better Call Saul, yep. which I did. Yep. And uh, I have completed the journey of uh, Saul Goodman and uh, Jimmy McGill. Okay, and so uh, I've completed all that, and in the middle I was getting updates, and I wasn't looking good in the Bronx. Down four nothing, four nothing. The and the key number being the zero, and the number of grounded into double plays with bases loaded. I mean, the Yank to, to say they went from a seventy, they went from seventy wins, right, to zero for seventy. It was rough. It's crazy. Baseball is nutty like that. Pretty rough stretch. First yeah. team to seventy wins to maybe the last team to eighty. I don't. I don't know, man. It was, it was really brutal. And then, um, and then, uh, slowly but surely, they chip back and tie the game on a on a solo shot by Anthony Rizzo. And then, with Clay Holmes, their lights out closer in the first half, who couldn't record an out in the second half. Now on the disabled list, which. Kind of reeks of like, let's just give this guy a break. Yeah, let's give him a rest. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, and you and you hear Aaron Boone says, I, I think he'll be back after the eight, fifteen days. It's because you're, you're you're giving him a blow here, lower back problems or whatever. So let's hand things off to Chapman, who's doing really well. Um, you know what's the you know what equals? Here's a new equation: Araldis Chapman plus Ghost Runner equals can of gas. You're putting you're putting a guy on second base just to start things off against Chapman. Oh my God! So sure enough, uh, a bases clearing double happens. It's now seven four, and uh, but the Yankees get the ghost runner themselves and load the bases. And Josh Donaldson with just two home runs in Yankee Stadium this year. I mean, how many Yankee fans? And I'm one of them. All year long, have been just like, okay, I'm glad he plays a, a really good hot corner, but is he going to start hitting or what? And he hit a grand slam, and the Yankees win. At least he hit it to the shortest part of your stadium. Dude, you don't have a thing to talk about. Pesky's pole is barely outside of the batter's box for a left-handed hitter. Like, literally, I've never seen a foul pole directly behind first base, like the one that's in Fenway Uh, Park. And then then the wall that that Wade Boggs has flicked his wrist his entire career to play wall ball and made it the Hall of Fame. Okay, so you don't have to hit it. You have to hit it 40 feet high. The ball that that Donaldson hit last night was an out in every ballpark. You want to look that up before you actually talk that into a nationally televised and radio microphone? I don't know. Do you know? I don't. I bet it wasn't. That was. It that barely was several, went over the fence. What are you talking about? It went. It went. It went several rows into right field. Look. Dude. Bottom line is, if you want to talk about uh, uh, stadiums and being band boxes and, and offensive, helpful, 
um, facilities. You don't have a leg to stand on, and pal. the wall's like I, the I, most jabroni thing ever. What are you so, talking about? Well, the wall is hit 40 feet high. You understand classic. how math works, right? I, Trigonometry, well, you understand geometry so and all, all that? All, all, left-handed, know works, right? all left-handed hitters have to do in Fenway Park is just hook the ball 305 feet, and it's a home run. Or just flick their wrists and hit a nice little Bucky lazy fly ball to left field that would be a can of corn anywhere else. Because that's so easy. Because that's so easy. Well, if you're Wade Boggs, it is. If you're Wade Boggs, it is. That's all that mattered. At any rate. I'm kidding. It was a big win for the Yankees, and I'm following baseball again. I'm it's not. It's great. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not on that train again. And now, Guys, the, now who, the Blue Jays come in. How, by the way, the Mets, had, the Mets had a nice The Mets are back-to-back, and, it, and it's like that, this okay? It's like that. People. It's like that. What do you mean? They We're lost hel- the series. By the way. The First of all, no, Brett matter. Beatty, right, comes up. I think I told Brock when this yesterday. I said, watch him hit a home run in his first at-bat. First game, first at bat. I love it. First it's home family run. going crazy. Let's go. I do love. There is no more likable team in baseball than the New York Mets, and it's a very big mouthful for me to say that. I don't know that because I don't really pay attention did to other teams. See, but did you see at a meeting in the mound the other day? Pete Alonso <laughs> yes. handed scratch off tickets. Yeah, what was that? He about? handed lottery tickets to Buck Showalter on the mound, crazy. like a total. <laughs> Bull Durham moment at the major league level. And Buck kind of looked at them and looked at and him, looked at like, him okay. and stuck him in his pocket. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Pete Alonso handed lottery tickets to Buck Showalter at a meeting of the mound in a Major League Baseball game. <laughs> During Vol- a pitching change. Vogelbach is home. He's like a, he's like a, a, a swinging fire hydrant. <laughs> the American you know, dream. He doesn't even swing hard and it just goes Lindor's so gone from thumbs down to thumbs up. I love this team, man. Dude, Marte is outstanding. Jeff McNeil. No, man. They are. And then. Do I have to do the dance, Mike? Do do the dance. And then their closer, the way he comes out of the pen, delightful. Somebody play Narco. Mike, play Narco for me so I can walk off into the the commercial break. I love that. Mets coming to Yankee Stadium soon, too. That'll be fun. You guys got to hold up your end of the Subway Series, all right? Because I'm following baseball again. (laughs) (laughs) Rich Eisen, big baseball guy. Yeah, Greg Sankey's coming up. What day is it? Guy. Hold on. What day is it? Still trying to find this home run distance. Oh well, God! Short, just find know, out how Brock long right. Be, he does research. I find out how far right field is because it was Brockman, a few rows. Brockman is like the worst. Right do you notice it takes him two more minutes to Google things than anybody else can in this room? Do you know <laughs> what that? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know how hard it is to find this? It's not. E- it's so simple. Yeah, it's not an easy. That's not an easy. You got. It's like, so simple. It's probably on the Major League Baseball website. Look up average wall. It went three hundred and forty-nine feet. I think Field of Dreams is 308. What are you going right? I mean, I just told you the I'm answer. Joking. 380. What? How many feet? 349. Maybe the shortest home run of the year. It only would have been a home run in half the ballparks. Oh, half. Not like just none of them. I mean, the only half. one. It should, if you hit a home run, it should be a home run in every ballpark. So you're not. That's what home runs should be. Home runs should be home runs everywhere. That, but that's the beauty of baseball. Is yeah. It's different. That's why it's called a ground rule. A ground rule double. Yeah, you okay, can't do that. that's what, it, I mean, what it's, man, it's a different ground. I can't ground. wait when touchdowns are only touchdowns in two thirds of the ball. Of but the that's stadiums. the way it goes. That their football, because the field's shorter, right? I mean, basketball. Aren't there some hockey? Hoskins can tell me there are some hockey arenas big, like uh, ranks bigger than others, right? No, no. Olympic ice. Olympic is bigger, ice is right? bigger, wider, longer. No, what I'm yeah. just saying yeah, is not, not in the NHL. NHL. Not in the right. NHL. Yeah, Olympic ice. Olympic so ice in the NHL, the NBA, and the NFL, it's a and, and in MLS and soccer, it just baseball's different. The defense has the ball in baseball. I mean, do it's I have not, to walk you through all this? The and by the way, by the way, and by the way, you're the you're the you're the king right. of odds and numbers, right? Okay. He loves it. 
So, so basically, it went from a home run in only one of 30 parks to a home run in one in 15 parks, literally, in the span of just two minutes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so it went, it went from a home run only in your oh, place sorry. to a home run sorry, in no. half the league. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so it's more it's, My man wants to no change idea. all the parks. You know the same measurement. Hyperbole. <laughs> Hyperbole. You know what that it's, word is? It's called facts. It's called facts. Just go fast. Your park sucks. Oh, my God. Uh, That's hyperbole. That is um, not hyperbole. That is a fact. Your park sucks. Okay. Okay, this is my daily reminder to everyone, just let me jump in here, that Pete Alonzo should be MVP of the National League. I'm just going to say it every day. MVP of the National League? Austin Riley's in the mix, too, right? Who else is in the mix there? Who's, whose team? Your closer is infinitely more valuable than Pete Alonzo. Oh, no. Oh, oh yeah. No. By the way. No, no. no. Let me, stop. Oh, yeah. Dude, Pete Alonzo should be the MVP of the, uh, uh, of the National League. I'm with you.